Welcome back to South Baltimore Now. We got Kevin Lynch here. What's up, Kev? Hey, what's going on? A lot of times we talk here on South Baltimore Now, we talk a lot about all the local events here on the peninsula, things going on around town, new businesses, real estate developments, topics and things that are happening around. But today, very excited to bring on Adam Friesman, who is a regional comedian blowing up on the comedy set here around Baltimore. And actually ran into Adam, met him a couple weeks ago. We were at a comedy show with Don't Tell Comedy, which is a really cool concept for a comedy show. It was kind of one of these like impromptu things that happened where I got the invite from a friend and said, come on down. We got this comedy show happening tonight and I love stand-up comedy. So that's where I ran into Adam and he told us a little bit more about the business and what's going on. But immediately I was like, Adam, dude, you want to jump on the podcast? Cause like, I think it'd be awesome to have you and mix things up here on the show and try to bring people a little bit of comedy and give them a little bit of insight to comedy around Baltimore. With that, Adam, welcome to the show, man. Hey guys. Thanks for having me. And if I remember correctly, you came to the show late. Right? Oh, yeah. oh my God. Yeah, your memory's amazing. Good. Your memory's amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my wife and I are notorious for being late. Everything we do, man. So even our kids were born late. So go figure. <laughs> Does that make him an easy target in the audience if you show up late? <laughs> no, no. If you're, if it's that late, you're in the back. No one cares. It was cool. It was a cool show. And that was our first outdoor, I think it was our first outdoor show here. We'll always get people coming up to us after the shows, just like saying how much they appreciate this like concept that we do. And I'll say like, love doing stand-up and i love doing cool shows cool spaces whatever i like making a show of my own but after the show sometimes that's just the worst part because you got to clean all the stuff up when you're producing it look all the stuff in the car uh when i get people coming up to me saying they appreciate it it's like ah, it makes it a little better during the show is cool after the show sucks but. yeah it sounds like a lot <laughs> of things where there's all the prep work then there's the peak where you get all the satisfaction then there's all the dirty work again afterwards where it's like is the peak in the middle worth all the work but it sounds like oh in for your sure case, well, honestly the prep amazing. works the prep works cool there's a comedian side that's creative, right? Which is making your material, coming up with ideas, exploring, whatever. Then there's the production side, which is creative, which is like, how do I set this room up? Because we do different rooms all the time, indoor, outdoor. It always looks different. So how can we make it a very unique, but trusted, tried and true setup? Uh, so you get some creativity there. And then after the show, it's like, I'm tired. I want to go drink. And now I have to put 100 chairs in my car. So I don't get to do that. <laughs> I hear you 100%, man. I mean, I'm in a band, so like, I love playing. I even love setting up because I'm like, cool, we're about to do this awesome gig, but then you know, nobody sticks around to help you afterwards, right? They're taking their drinks, yeah. they're taking off, they're leaving. My first question for you, Adam, is like I mentioned in the intro, the don't tell comedy, which is something I was not familiar with until I saw the show, but would love for you to like talk a little bit more about that. What's that all about? Yeah, I mean, the whole idea is just like these secret location shows. You don't know who's going to be on it, but we only put very, very skilled comedians on it anyone who's working the big clubs in the area at least uh, at least that um and actually so we had like a headliner who just filmed his comedy central set it actually just came out two days ago usama siddiqui uh he's been on america's got talent he's passed everywhere and, uh, we had him down so he's like legit i can't say who it is but november 16 in annapolis so we run these all over maryland but baltimore's kind of our home base for these he's been on he's got he's been on tons of movies snl all this stuff and he's a stand-up and he's touring and he's just passing through so he got in touch with us to do it so it's like we're doing something right i uh, yeah. can't take all the credit so this don't tell secret shows you buy a ticket you find out where it is the day of and then you show up and it's fun it's B usually byob a lot of times it's people's first comedy shows um which is really cool it's weird because i'm around this 24 7 uh so then i meet someone who just found their first hour of stand-up ever 
and they're amazed by it. And that's really fun. I mean, obviously it's not really kid appropriate, but like adults, their first time comedy show, that's crazy. Yeah. What do y'all do? Yeah. I mean, we'll get, cause we get like people like young adults and you know, their twenties, like 21 to 25. And then we'll get, I mean, I've, we've had people as old as 80 at the show and not that my comedy is necessarily built for them. Um, but it's still fun. Uh, and you'll get it's someone's first time wherever. So there's a couple of girls at our last show who came up to me. It was their first time at a comedy show. They were, you know, 25. And then I'll get people who are like 35, 40 come up to me. This is a first stand-up show. I'm like, yeah, you guys are missing out. It's a fun, it's a fun time. In my opinion, it's more memorable than a concert you can go to or just like going out to a bar. So you might as well just grab a ticket, come to a show. You drink at a bar, you drink at a comedy show. You can bring your own drinks here. So we went but this concept started out in california i think san francisco it might have been la i'm not sure about six and a half years ago it worked out there and then they kind of slowly started expanding along the west coast and then out to boston and then to like atlanta some of these bigger cities and then COVID happened and that's where this concept oddly enough started blowing up because you could have this like hey you can pop outside you can bring your own stuff and we're just going to be there entertaining you so that, and then I think people love post-COVID, like that authenticity, um, that local stuff. So once stuff really started reopening, that's when Don't Tell like boomed. And it's, it's booming pretty hard right now. And so I ended up just getting, I was just dude, normal stand-up comedian. I produce my own show at a brewery once a month, but doing shows otherwise, doing open mics. And the way I got connected is just this odd story. So I'm sick. I have like 102 fever. I feel like crap. Uh, I had some like day job work stuff down in DC that I had to go to. So I went and did that. And then I'm in DC and night comes and it's comedy time. It's a Wednesday and there's an open mic that I was on. I really didn't want to do it. I really just wanted to go home and like pop a thousand Advils and go to bed. Uh, But I was like, dad, I got these couple jokes to try. I'm down here. Might as well. And I go there. I eat shit for like five minutes on stage. Just I feel like crap, but I had jokes. None of them worked. I don't think I kept any of them. And then I'm pack. I grab my backpack. I don't go downstairs, and some kid comes up to me and he's like, "Hey, man, you're really funny." I'm like, "You have a terrible sense of what funny is." Thought any of that was funny, right? And he's like, "I can tell you have jokes." I'm like, "All right, thanks, whatever." He's like, "Yeah, I'm from Pittsburgh." You should come out. I run a show out there. And I'm like, yeah, this is probably terrible. Because if this is the standard you're getting me, I'm like, what day of the week is your show? He's like, a Tuesday. I'm like, I'm not going out of Pittsburgh on a Tuesday. I'm just saying, yeah, that would be great. Um, And he's like, yeah, I know the Don't Tell comedy guys out there. I can definitely put your name in. I'm like, hold on. I'm listening now. Right. And so I was like, that kind of sparked my interest. Like, how? what is this whole thing? Because I've seen them around. Even as a comedian, I didn't quite understand at that point because I hadn't picked up in the area yet and went out, did the shows in Pittsburgh. They were awesome. Did some other shows in there. It was great. I got my own little following out in Pittsburgh now, which is cool. It's one of my favorite comedy cities I've done. Ended up getting in touch with the kind of corporate people of Don't Tell and pitch Baltimore to them, say, hey, can me and my buddy run it? And that was February. And then by March, we had our first show. And been growing ever since. So I think we've done like 12 or 14 or something like that now in Baltimore. We added Annapolis, our first Frederick show. So on any given month, we'll have anywhere in the state of Maryland, probably 8 to 10 shows, 8 to 12 shows moving forward, something like that. So the secret part, will people ahead of time know whether it's like an Annapolis or a Frederick or a Baltimore show? Yeah, they're all their separate cities, but okay. we just, me and my friend just co-run each of those independent cities. Um, but you'll always know, so like the way where it's to say Baltimore, like if you go to the website right now, 
So like don'ttellcomedy.com slash city slash Baltimore. You'll see all of our upcoming shows that the tickets are live for. Uh, we plan pretty far out, but we're not going to release all the tickets that far out yet. So example, November 18, we have a show in Fells Point, but you don't know where it is. So you go to the website, you see it's Fells Point, starts at 730. You click on that, it says, okay, here's the rundown. It's indoor, outdoor, BYOB or not, drinks for sale, whatever. The start time, what time you're allowed to start arriving, usually like a half hour before the show. So you always know what neighborhood it's in, but we do a good rotation in neighborhoods. We want to draw all different people from the city, all different types of people from from all different places to come to our shows. So you'll know the neighborhood and the time and you can buy a ticket the moment it's released, but you won't find out till that day where to go. And then you show up and it's a really fun time. We've got good music playing. We bring all of our own stuff. We make sure our vibes are really fun and like very professionally done at the same time. So Love it. And you mentioned some people in your audience have never been to a comedy show before. And certainly like when you hear about the comedians talk, they talk a lot about Boston. They talk about New York. They talk about Chicago. They talk about L.A. Seems like Austin's becoming kind of like a rising comedy city. Does that the fact that they haven't seen a show before, does that maybe lend to the fact that maybe Baltimore is a right market that needs more comedy and needs more events like this? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of why we brought it here, right? So any comedian, I think at any point has attempted to run a show at least once. Uh, usually at a bar or a brewery and every once in a while we'll get like an art venue but those are hard to keep up and then there's only so many clubs and there's only so many spots available at clubs so we just need more shows to give ourselves more time and you know it's not like everyone's always willing to go to a comedy club to some people that's just not what their energy is they don't want to sit down there I go to clubs all the time to perform and stuff but wherever there's a sellout crowd, that means there's more stand-up, uh, more people to be entertained. So we said, there's really not that many shows in Baltimore for how many good comedians we have. Let's just start this. And it's been working. So, and Dude, I love that because you know, like Kevin and I, having like young kids, sometimes it's not always easy to get out of the area. So it's one of the reasons I jumped at the chance you know, to go to your show when I heard it was in the neighborhood. Because I'm like, I know we don't have a comedy club here on the peninsula here in South Baltimore, which would be amazing. But the fact that with Don't Tell, you can literally bring the comedy club to the place where we are. Yeah. So we Baltimore has some great clubs. So like right in Fells Point is the port uh, run by Matt Hurley. He quit his job to open it, took a big risk, and it's paying off. It's doing great. And then there's Magoobies up in Timonium, which is going to have like these more famous acts. And then there's the Comedy Factory over in East Baltimore. But outside of those three, I would say there was nothing that's like tried and true every week. And that's what we're supposed to be. And I think we bring a little something different to it. And so that's why it's a good time. I mean, well, you'll never know what you're going to get in terms of what comedian, but you know, they're just going to be really, really good. Sometimes we'll do a showcase. Sometimes we'll have a headliner down. Um, so like showcase, like five, six comedians. Sometimes we'll just have a headliner and their opener. But we want to make it places that like you never thought you could have a show. And that's kind of where stand up started. You know, coffee shops, basements. This is we're talking the early to mid 1900s. Like that's how this art form kind of began. Um, and like the clubs are fancy. What we're doing isn't super fancy. And it's to, as a comedian, it feels more like foundational. Um, so it kind of adds like mm-hmm. this added, added layer of excitement to perform on them, I think. You ever had any thoughts of yourself or partner with some other people to get another kind of comedy club in the area maybe something that's you know, consistent show nights or anything uh no if my buddy wants to sell his club in 20 years maybe i'll buy it if i'm no longer performing my interest isn't necessarily in owning a club or any of that 
Mine is mainly just getting out there and performing. For me, this is a stepping stone that's necessary. It gives me more opportunities to perform on good shows, good way to make some money and good way to get myself connected. But ultimately, as a performer, I want to outgrow this where I don't have to produce my own stuff all the time. Um, But I can't say it's a bad thing. It's definitely helped a lot. And so let's take a step back and just talk a little bit about like, dude, where are you from and like what got you into comedy? Let's talk about Adam Friesman, the origin story. Well, I was circumcised at eight days old and there I had a lot of trauma to unpack over the years. All right. All right. Now I'm from, uh, from Jersey. I don't know if I had a, a comedy origin story as a kid. I mean, I was always just like of my friend group, the wacky one. I guess in sense of like my family, though, I was always the quiet one. So I had like a sense where it was like, yeah, don't bother me. But at the same side, I had this very expressive side of myself. I didn't really get into stand up, though, until college. Uh, I didn't start it in college, but that's when I just started having inklings. I've been to a couple of shows as like a teenager. If we're on some family vacation and there's a stand up thing or like we go, but it's like definitely geared towards adults. Not that I didn't find it funny. Like I'm very have a very dirty mind. It's funny, but. It also wasn't hyper relatable, but I still enjoyed it a lot. And you get into the classics. I got into George Carlin in like high school and college, John Mulaney. I wouldn't say either of those people are where I draw inspiration from, but they're definitely influences in some capacity. And then in college, there was like these music open mic nights, like once a month. And I always wanted to go there and do stand up. It's like, it's an open mic. Who's going to bust my balls that I'm not playing a guitar or whatever? And I was like, yeah, it's Saturday. I'd rather go out partying. Uh, with my friends instead of just being the weirdo who does that stuff and then uh, and then now x years later i'm the one doing that stuff and they're out drinking (laughs) partying and having fun but i never really did it wrote a little bit of stuff but never did it then uh come may of 2021 i'm about a year out of college and my good buddy from back home in jersey did his first open mic and to me, that was like, well, it's now or never, I guess. Uh, he did it, so why not? It's just an open mic. I was like, if he can do it, I guess really anyone can just do it. So I just looked up on Google, Baltimore Comedy Open Mics, found one. Took about a week to write five minutes, and then I went and was kind of hooked ever since. And you think about some of those scariest moments in life, whether it's jumping off the high dive for the first time or I was a skateboarder. I know like dropping in on a vert ramp was just so scary. What was that feeling like? walking up to the mic for the first time i think like the like days leading up to it was scary and then in my head i didn't really understand what an open mic was to me that was like oh this is stand-up this is the real thing open mic is so not real it's just a bunch of comedians saying whatever ideas they've come up with and if one of them one of the ideas stick it's a successful day that doesn't mean the joke's over that means you have something to build off of I didn't understand that at the time. At the time, I'm like, this is stand-up. This is where what people come to watch. This is real. And I didn't want to go up first, so I signed myself up like fourth or fifth. And here I am watching all of these people just trying new ideas. They've, they're, they've been in the game maybe a year, maybe two years. It's a Tuesday. They're not there to actually do well. They're here to explore ideas. And I didn't get that. So it wasn't working. So I was like, oh, this is terrible. I'm not going to be off this awful. And I probably was, but it brought my expectations down. So I got on stage a little more confident and it was really fun. And then I did the same set again, the next two open mics I did at different places. And that's where the insecurity just built up. Because I was like, oh, it's not funny. There's so much more to this than what I think it is. And here I am seeing these other people doing the same stuff again that didn't work. And then I realized, oh, they're trying to work on stuff. And a lot of people aren't going to be listening. 
and stuff like that. It's just like the foundational open mic stuff. And then you get used to it. Being a comedian that does a lot of shows in Baltimore, how hyper local do you get with like jokes and references? Like, or oh, I try to not get local at all. I like my comedy to be, to, to be as translatable as possible to wherever. Um, I just mean I don't have jokes about Baltimore. I try to stick away from it. That's me personally. Uh, I want my jokes to work where wherever I'll go. I will say one of my jokes that works the best wherever I go is specific to Baltimore. But I think Baltimore has its own little stigma. People make fun of Baltimore all the time. People are like, oh, this place is a shithole and whatever. So wherever I go, I can kind of have the liberty to do that at least. I feel like comedy is just dominating the internet right now, which I love. I love comedy. I mean, the podcast world, you look at all the biggest podcasts, they're pretty much all run by comedians. You know, the streaming services, so many good shows now. You feel like we're kind of entering or maybe in the midst of a golden era for comedy right now? It ebbs and flows. As I said, I'm two and a half years in. I'm still a baby at all of this, but you could say the 80s. Or the golden era. And then we entered a really dark phase for like 20 years. And then it started picking up. But then Trump got elected and everyone was mad at each other. And that's when everyone's already mad. That's a tough That's a tough time to do stand-up. And I heard it wasn't very fun then. Um, but now post-COVID and everybody's trying to get their bearings again. I'm sure that has something to do with it. I'm sure the internet has something to do with it. So I'm sure in 10 years this might all change. And then 10 years after that might change again. Who knows? At least now, like it used to be, can you get on Comedy Central? Can you get on HBO? Now there's a million options. They also have their value. I'm not, as someone who hasn't gotten anything, because I'm far away from that, I'm not going to be like, hey, you loser, you're still on Comedy Central? I'm like, yeah, I want to get the hell out of here. Yeah, what are you doing? Go on YouTube. That's all I can do, YouTube and Instagram and whatever. But I think Comedy Central is just reruns of The Office now, so. That's what she said. We're nothing if not comedy. Just our bad dad jokes. If somebody wants to get out and see more comedy shows in Baltimore, give people a good rundown of, of how they can go about it. Uh, don't tell comedy. Just go to don'ttellcomedy.com and then just go to Baltimore. Go to the Port Comedy Club in Fells Point. They kill that seven nights a week for the most part. Sometimes they'll take off a night or two. They got like free shows Sunday to Wednesday. Uh, headliners pretty much every weekend. Sometimes you'll get a local showcase on the weekend, so it's really cool. Very, very well run. Treats the comics very well. He built it up. The owner, Matt, legit. It's where Hats on the Belfry used to be. He kind of just, oh, cool. once all the stuff was out of there, he kind of built the interior from scratch. He got a muralist. He painted the other walls. He put up a bunch of artwork because he kind of likes that vibe. Uh, bought a lot of equipment. Hand built a stage. Got a bar. And uh, comics will bartend because uh, it's kind of just like a comic run comedian run club um but i would say the main two if you're trying to stay in the city is don't tell or the port uh there's also mcgooby's joke house you'll get to see some local people there opening for some bigger acts as well which is pretty cool so or follow me on instagram and only see my shows so i can get paid more <laughs> awesome and i know we have a lot of real estate agents in our audience so any of you real estate people out there how about a comedy club in the federal hill or, or locust point that'd be really cool so somebody out there make it happen Fed Hill has proved to be a tough place to find a place to run a show. Everyone does these bar shows and Fed Hill is just like tough. I don't know. Because it's all that's the whole nightclub vibe of Baltimore. Not that they're quote unquote nightclubs. It's just packed all the time. We've done some shows there, I guess. I guess we did Locust Point. Uh, we're going to do a couple more out there. We've done two at Compass Real Estate now. So they're great people. Good people. Good people. I mean, the scene's expanding a lot. If you were to tell people like 10 years ago, this is what the scene would be like now, they wouldn't think that would be a thing. I think like the amount of talent, the density of talent in Baltimore now is a lot. 
I'm doing stand-up in a lot of different cities now and they get pretty big, but the amount of high-level people kind of always seems to stay the same um, to an extent. And you see the high-level people there and you see them here and it's like, oh, Baltimore competes. Good group of comics, but we're in a good time now where it's competitive, but it's healthy competition. We all kind of support each other. Adam, thank you so much, man, for sharing about Don't Tell and letting everybody know about that so they can go get tickets and find a show either here in Baltimore, Annapolis, Frederick, wherever you might be. Dude, this has been awesome, man. I really appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, no, thank you guys for having me. It's just a lot of fun and great to talk to you guys, too. Awesome. And you can follow Adam at Adam Friesman, right? Yes, on Instagram. Yeah. That's where I was trying to start this new series where I'm just testing jokes to strangers at farmer's markets. So swing by to those uh, or check them out on my Insta. Just making a fool of myself for your guys' entertainment. I love that. I think I saw the recent one you did in the uh, Fells Point Market. Yeah. A sourdough biscuit and a good joke is a great way to start a Sunday. So. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, man.